What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the DE Podcast. We are here with myself, Akamraj, and we are back with Mitchell Stevens. He was on the podcast last time, and it was one of our most popular podcasts ever. So um, we decided to give him another opportunity to come back and join us because we had a lot of fun last week with him. Um, so welcome. Yeah, pleasure to be back. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, have, we definitely have a pat, packed podcast today. We're talking about some trade rumors, some injuries, um, some different teams who have different situations. Um, so it's going to be really fun. Um, and I think we can just get right started. So we're going to start with um, some Damian Lillard trade rumors. Um, so just for a little summary, um, there are rumors that he does not want to be in Portland anymore. Um, there are many analysts recommending that he does not play there anymore. He wants to play with another wing like Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Aaron Gordon. Um, the Blazers recently fired their GM, Neil Oshie. Um, and he, Willard also wants to sign a two-year $107 million extension with the Blazers. So obviously, like I said before, many people um, do not want him to do that deal. Um, but that would make Damian Lillard the highest played NBA player at the age of 36. Um, and But the new Blazers GM candidates do not want to give Lillard that money. So, um, Akimish, I think I can ask you first. So should the Blazers be willing to re-sign Lillard for that amount if he requests it? Or do you think he would move? And if he does, where would you see him being traded if the Blazers do decide to move him? Well, I think, first of all, I think they should definitely not do that, uh, sign that extension because Damian Lillard would be at 36 year old, years old, he would be getting paid 52, actually no, $53 million a year, which is just absolutely insane for someone who is almost at LeBron's age. And if you think about it, I doubt that Damian Lillard is going to continue to be producing at the level that he has been for the past few years when he's that old. And so I think the Blazers doing that type of deal with obviously a guy who's been very loyal to them. Um, but still, I think that t- doing that type of deal is just, it's not worth it because yes, Damian Lillard is a great player. Yes. He's always going to be an MVP candidate. He's always going to be an all-star all NBA talent, but we have the Blazers frankly, haven't seen success to the levels, which they hope for. Obviously they have their own issues with their roster construction around Lillard and uh, all things like that. But they haven't even made a finals. They haven't even come close to winning a ship. The, lowest, the closest they were was in 2019, where they made the Western Conference finals. No, they, they didn't make a finals in 92. Yeah, but I mean, like, oh, in the Damian Lillard era, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't, they haven't gone anything substantial outside of that one Western Conference finals where they got swept by the Warriors, which just showed that they weren't really in the league with the other title contenders. So I don't think there's really any point for them to continue to try this Lillard experiment for like the next five years or however long um, he goes with this, with this supposed new contract. I think what's way better is trading him to a team like the Sixers for Ben Simmons or trying to get him for, to like Sacramento or someplace which is willing to take Lillard and give off some young talent and then just start to rebuild. Because I mean, look at the Blazers this year. They're not very good. They have a, subpar record they're definitely not going to be in contention for even a second round i think this year and like with the injury of cj mccullum who just went out uh indefinitely with a lung injury i just don't see like 
why you would continue to try and contend with the same group of people. No, precisely. I would say resigning him is definitely a win now move, and they are definitely not within that realm. Sitting at like 11 and 4 and 10th, they're nine and a half games back of like first place. They're not in, as you were saying, they're not in contention. And for that amount of money, it's, it's definitely better spent like elsewhere on pieces that they can use. And I'm not saying you go definitely into full like rebuild mode, but there's definitely better places to use that money. And, you know, you never want to use money on somebody who's not going to be there because you never know what's going to happen in the future with that money, especially look at, you know, Ben Simmons. You encounter something, you know, in the, like in the future, you make him unhappy in some other way. That money could end up, like, paying a player who's not going to be on the court. Yeah, yeah. and, I mean, I just, like, I can't, I can't see – a reasonably good future with Lillard staying with the Blazers either, because we've seen in the past with their, with the free agency, right? Nobody, no big stars have been moved to Portland, right? The only, the biggest help Lillard's had has been CJ McCollum. And he was obviously drafted by the Blazers and played with them. So we haven't seen any like big free agents say, Oh yeah, I want to go to Portland. I want to join Damian Lillard. It's always been, where can Damian Lillard go? So I don't think there's ever going to be a move where like, Oh, LeBron James suddenly moves to the Blazers or Anthony Davis or some superstar goes to the Blazers and then they're suddenly in contention. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right with like the fact about every season. It almost feels like Damian Lord. I mean, I'm kind of trying to think about other teams that have like the same situation. Maybe like the Warriors last year, like Steph Curry kind of carried barely made the play-in loss unfortunately but I mean it was still not the not the, like you know not a bad season but I mean now with CJ McCollum I almost feel like the Nuggets like what's we're going to talk about them later but it almost feels like the same situation you have Jamal Murray who's a you know obviously probably probably future all-star guard um definitely showed us in the bubble that he's capable of you know making big plays and you know big games um, and now Jokic is the only one. I mean, obviously the Nuggets have a little bit of a stronger team, but then Michael Porter Jr. is out as well. So, you know, going back to the Blazers, I mean, he does have Yusuf Nurkic, who's a great center. He has plenty of good talent around his team. Norman Powell had a couple of really, really good games um, with high-caliber talent. Um, but, you know, I, I'm kind of curious to see. I think Portland will be one of those okay teams in the league where, it's not certain, hey, are they going to go far in the playoffs maybe, or are they not even going to be go to the play-in? Um, but, yeah, I totally agree off of that. Um, but um, moving on, related to the Blazers, we have C.J. McCollum, who Aiken Rich just stated a little while ago that he's out with a devastating injury. He is out indefinitely after suffering a collapsed lung during a game versus the Celtics over the weekend. Um and obviously, it's a big injury. But in terms of, I guess, how big it is, like how big do you guys think like this is for the team? Um, it seems like another woe and a long year of troubles for the Blazers. Um, so how do you think like the Blazers are going to recover from this? How do you think they're going to do now in the future? Obviously, McCollum hasn't had like the best season. Um, yeah, what what do you guys think about that? Um, well. I think it just kind of accelerates their 
their rebuilding process, right? I think it just gives them another reason, as we said before, to trade either CJ McCollum, as harsh as it would be to do that while he's out with injury. I honestly hope they don't. But trade, trade either him or Damian Lillard or any of their other, um, I guess, assets like Yusuf Nurkic or Norman Pell, just getting rid of all those guys who are already here and start over, maybe build around some of the rookies like Anthony Simmons, um, who showed some potential, and just tank. Because um, you ha- this season is obviously lost, right? You only have Lillard. CJ McCollum's out indefinitely. I doubt he comes back for the next month or so. So they fall even out, even further out of even playoff contention. And then they're just kind of sitting there as one of the teams that's not high enough to get a generational talent. That's not going to be getting a number one through three overall pick, but it's not um, good enough to where, oh, wow, we're going to be competing in the playoffs. They're in that place where they'll get like the sixth, seventh pick and they're not really sure what to do. And usually the seventh or eighth pick statistically in the NBA, those are the picks that usually uh, perform the least. They don't do as well as, say, higher picks and even lower picks. So I don't think that they – I think it just accelerates the rebuild, I will say. Yeah, I mean, when you look at all the NBA teams, like several of them are rebuilding. Like last podcast we talked about the Detroit Pistons, the Houston Rockets. Obviously, they're rebuilding around their rookies who are the you know, the top draft picks of this year. Um, and then there's the Indiana Pacers, who we'll talk about a little bit later. And then now oh, here's the Blazers. Um, so, I mean, I think every team needs a rebuild. I mean, the Blazers, like, the Blazers have had some good years. Obviously, we had the 2019 Conference Finals where they came up huge against the Nuggets in Game 7, but unfortunately got swept by the Warriors. And, and the Blazers were up by, I think, 15 in like two or three of the of those games. So, obviously, it's a devastating blow. But, I mean, the Blazers, like, they've been showing some signs of, you know, contention, I guess, if you want me to say that. Um, so, I think that, that, like many other teams, the Blazers have a – bright future obviously hopefully in in the next off season and maybe in two off season three off seasons however many off seasons they need they get some good players sign some players um and hopefully get the team that you know goes back to the western conference finals maybe even the finals but obviously at this point i can't really tell because the west is super strong with the warriors and the suns and then several other teams around them so that's what i think Okay, so moving on, we actually have a sponsor today. Um, so BeatStars is a digital production marketplace that allows music producers to license, sell, and give away free beats. You can discover over 5 million beats on BeatStars, and you can buy their app on the App Store for iOS users and also where you buy apps for Android users. And you can check them out at www.beatstars.com. That is www.beatstars.com. Thank you so much, BeatStars, for sponsoring today's podcast. All right. I guess we'll go into our next topic, which involves, again, more trade rumors. Well, not even rumors at this point, just trades, possibilities, where the Indiana Pacers want to go into full rebuild, right? Their season has been pretty disastrous. They are currently 10 and 16. They sit 13 in the East and they just made it public to other teams around the league that they are willing to trade away any of Karis Levert, Miles Turner, or even Demontis Sabonis as they enter their tanking season. Um, 
Miles Turner has a lot of trade value, probably most out of the group, just because of the fact that he has a lot of use to these contending teams who often lack a stretch big who can shoot the three well and also be that inside rim protection, that elite inside rim protection that he offers. Uh, on the Pacers side, their last five Stevens have all really been very disappointing. They've either had play-in or first-round losses. They've never really been able to deal any damage to any contenders. And they really haven't done anything notable since Paul George was playing the Miami Heats in like game seven of the 2013 Eastern Conference Finals. So I think my first question would be, who is best suited to trade um, out of the uh, players that the Pacers are offering? Um, so I guess, Daniel, if you want to start with that. Uh, I don't, I mean, there's so many options in the league right now. I mean, there's so many rumors. Um, I mean, there's several players that are out. There's Ben Simmons that's out, obviously. Um, Damon Moore wants to play with him, but, um, honestly, I think it kind of just goes how the off season's going to go. I mean, who gets signed where, um, whoever becomes a free agent next year. Um, so um, I'm sure that there are, you know, lots of really high-level players there. Um, but, I mean, we've, this is probably like the fifth time we said it so far today. I mean, yeah, like there's so many teams rebuilding. Um, so, honestly, I think that um, they would need to, I think, keep at least one of them and just have like the whole team revolve around that one player. And actually, I didn't mention this, but one success was the Wizards, you know. They had Bradley Beal. Okay, they, they, they put Russell Westbrook, but they got rid of him, which was a good deal. And then they got some, you know, some role players like Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant, you know, several players who obviously are not, you know, all-stars at any point, at least for now. Um, and now the Wizards are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference right now. So, um, you know, it, it does show that the process of rebuilding works for sure. Um, and it's like, the I mean, going back, if you want me to go back five plus years, the Bucks In 2017, there were nobodies with a, a young, skinny Greek rookie named Giannis Antetokounmpo and, you know, some guys there. And now they won the championship last season. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that the whole process of rebuilding is a very smart idea. Um so you mean like rebuilding with like by keeping like one star or one player and then just getting everybody else out of there, being bad for a few years, but then building around that star? Yeah. I mean, there's several teams in the league in the process of that, but I think that's a great idea for the Pacers. I mean, they're, set, they're 10 and 16. They're, they're 13th in the Eastern Conference. So it's not like they're the worst team in the NBA. It's not like they're the 4-19 Detroit Pistons and they suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean they're pretty close so I would I think I guess what you're saying is you would keep Savonis but Karis Levert Miles Turner even Malcolm Brogdon bye bye let's let's start the tank season I mean there's several teams interested like I'm, I'm sure there's several teams inter interested in them I mean even I, I like Karis Levert over a lot for his shooting uh, and just you know his energy in general on the court so Several teams would want them, especially teams that either don't have, you know, a guard that can shoot <laughs> Sixers. Um, but, I mean, I want I, that would be cool if Karis LeVert could go maybe to Philly. Karis LeVert, Joel Embiid, that would be pretty nice. Miles Bridges, he could go to... 
I mean, I'm not an expert on cap space or anything like that. I don't know who has it. Maybe the Warriors. The Warriors don't have like a good side. I mean, they have James Wiseman, but James Wiseman is not like he's injured. You know, I mean, he was okay. He was okay last year. I'm not saying he's bad at all, but you know, a good center would be good for the Warriors. Maybe. I mean, I don't know which team. So I could be forgetting so many teams right now. But yeah, you know, I feel like. I feel like an interesting one. I've been looking at um, like DraftKings. DraftKings recommend Charlotte Hornets, and that would be an interesting one to take them to the next level. Currently sitting at fourteen and twelve, seventh in the East. I feel like that would be an interesting move to get a guy like Sabonis. I feel like that could, could propel them to the next level if they're in that kind of win now mode, and especially that could be an excellent like you know supplement for Miles Bridges if he ends up leaving. Yeah, I mean. Definitely the Hornets have proven themselves already. I mean, they they started out the season great. They're one of the four they're one of the um four teams to beat the Warriors, which is really cool. Um, you know, they have Lamelo, they have Miles Bridges, they have Gordon Hayward, who was hadn't he had a bad injury last season. He was out for most who was like I think all of it. Um and he came back. Lamelo's been playing much better. Um, could be an all star this year, you never know. They have Terry Rogier. Um they have Mason Pomey. And that's where the Miles Bridges rule comes in because Mason Plumlee is useless. Um, he cannot rebound the ball. Um, he scored. Like even guys such as like Gary Payton the second can get rebounds off of him. Like I, I've had, I have video proof of that. <laughs> I mean, definitely. If Miles Bridges goes to the um, Hornets, that would be great for the team because now yeah, you mean you mean Miles Turner, right? Miles Turner. Miles. I meant to say Miles Turner, not Miles Bridges. Um, they could go they, like this year. They can go to the playoffs or the play-in. Imagine next year if they add that, and imagine if the Nets don't have Kyrie Irving coming back anytime soon. Then, you know, they could be one of the top four, te- four or five teams in the East. You know. Yeah, and as I like, I like Mitch's point about Miles Bridges, right? Who they the Hornets didn't. Uh, they didn't choose to give him a rookie extension. So, right, he's going to be a free agent this summer. So let's say Miles Bridges does walk. Um, I think using that space, trading maybe a Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley, and maybe a few other role players and some picks for someone like DeMontis Sabonis so that you have a LaMelo Ball-DeMontis Sabonis combination would be absolutely great because DeMontis Sabonis is a great player. It's just he's been on the Indiana Pacers who are not a very good team. And putting him in Charlotte, I think, would be a great change of scenery and definitely would propel them to, I think, in my opinion, top six or five in the East, especially if LaMelo just keeps, you know, getting better and better. It's only his second season in the league. But I don't, I don't think that the Hornets would want to give up. Like, I, I mean, obviously, we're not, exact, we're not saying like an exact trade right now, but I don't think the Hornets would want to give up um, Kelly Oubre. Miles Bridges is obviously really good. I mean, I'm looking at the stats like last night, or excuse me, my bad, Monday night, without LML, without Terry, or Kelly Oubre started, he's usually on the bench, their six man. He scored 35, five and three. So he went like, like he's good. I don't think the Hornets would want to give him away. Um, Miles Bridges is also good. I think for a center, they might do something like, I don't know, Mason Plumley, Jalen McDaniels. Something like that, because Mason Plumlee and Jalen McDaniels' skill set combined is something similar to, I don't know, Miles Turner or DeMondis Sabonis, like you're saying. Uh, I think Lamelo and DeMondis Sabonis would be cool. I mean, 
you know, they, they, Lomelo can shoot from outside. DeMontis is good in the paint. So I think it would be a great combination. And DeMontis is good defensively too. If they keep Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward, that would just be beautiful. <laughs> like, beautiful. That would be Lamelo, Miles Bridges, you know, um, DeMontis Sabonis, you know, they have um, my, yeah, Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And then, in addition, on the bench, they have Kelly Oubre. So that's a dangerous team with six players. And then they have several bench players like Ish Smith, you know, Jalen McDaniels, who... Like I just said, they might trade him away, but they have James Buchner, who's their rookie, PJ Washington. So it's a solid team. I think that in the next year or two, they have the capability to go far in the playoffs. Like one of the points that we were looking at last time is one of those point guard center combos. And like they immediately propel themselves to one of the top in the league and the top young, young duos in the league. So that's definitely like a very if I'd be like sitting at the Hornets front office, I would be salivating looking at that, like on the court, just thinking of like the possibilities that you could do with those two skill sets, as you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I guess since we're on the topic of the Hornets, I think we'll move on to talking about where they currently are this season and not specifically about their record, but some of their players where LaMelo Ball and um, Terry Rozier are both out on COVID protocol. COVID protocols, which means they'll probably be gone for anywhere between uh, 10 to 14 days, 14 days being the maximum. And then uh, they're currently just two games uh, above 500. And I'm just wondering, right, how do you think that they will do? Will they be able to keep their spot in the seventh, eighth seed with their two main scoring options? I would say Terry Rozier kind of, uh, fluctuates between the second and third with the, and Lamella obviously being the first They How will they do? Will they be able to hold their position in East or do you see them kind of falling down the ladder, you know, getting down to that 10th seed, even maybe the 11th seed? I see them holding. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to base it off of what they've done so far. So, I mean, Lamello, Lamello, Terry Rogier, Mason Plumlee, Jalen McDaniels, I think those are the only four. They were they went to quarantine on Saturday, December fourth. It's um, Wednesday right now, so it's been four days. So that means they either have six to ten days left. Um, but um, their first game without them was against Philadelphia in Charlotte. I actually went to that game. Um, they won by three, Philadelphia in overtime with Joel Embiid, who went crazy, scored like forty five, as he usually does. Um, but, I mean, I, like I just said, Kelly Oubre, looked, he looked like he filled in pretty well, scoring 35. Miles Bridges had 16, which is, I mean, his average. But then they had Nick Richards, Cody Martin, who did not have as many minutes before. They got a lot more minutes. They had, you know, Cody Martin had 42 minutes, and he scored 14 points. Um, then P.J. Washington, James Bougnay had his debut, or not his debut, but, you know, he doesn't usually play. He's, he plays mostly for the Greensboro Swarm, um, their G League team. Um, so he definitely scored, did well, scoring 11 points. Um, so obviously, not like not too many names that you know, but only eight players out of their, like, I think it's 18 players on their team played. So less than half of the team played, and they almost beat the Sixers in OT, who had Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Shake Millen, Matisse Thybul, Andre Drummond, 
They had their entire team, except for Tyrese Maxey, who was out with an illness. So they proved on Monday that they're in contention, um, that with, even without Lamelo, even without Terry Rozier, and they that could go like far. That could be like so many points combined. It's insane. Um, and they're currently playing against the Sixers right now. Um, so, you know. Sitting down by four, but still in it. Yeah, exactly. So, back to my point. Like, they could be – yeah, they could be dangerous even this year. And we're talking about all these deals next year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs this year. Um, and obviously, without Lamelo, I think that the new players can get more minutes – they can see what it's like. And next time, if, you know, supposedly one player gets injured, they know exactly what to do. You know, I think that um, the team chemistry of the Hornets is really, really good right now. I mean, they look like they all like each other. There's no beef or anything. Um, so I think it's great for the Hornets. Um, I hope that they'll be good because I'm, I'm in Charlotte. I live in Charlotte. So obviously the home team needs to be good. So I'm uh, definitely hoping for that. I mean, you look at their upcoming next, like, five games, including the, like, the one that they're in right now, another very, like, another barn burn against the 76ers, and you're looking at, like, the Kings, the Mavericks, the Spurs, and the Blazers. So those are a lot of teams that are around, like, around the middle, definitely teams that they could be, you know, competitive with. And if they can, like, win those games, those close games against teams that are relatively – like nearby within their like within the standings and their current records that could definitely um that's definitely like a great um great sign of things to come to know that like as you were saying that they're deep enough to at least keep themselves afloat and then they can return like on December 19th to like a team like the Suns that is going to be like it's going to be a bit of like a wake-up call, but they're going to be, I think by that time they're going to be healthy again and they're ready, going to be ready to test themselves again to see if they can return to um, make a statement, really. But these next four games are really going to be like a tester, in my opinion, to see like really to test their depth. And to yeah. test like... Yeah. I mean, they've had great games this season so far. They beat the Warriors, like I, I've said, I don't know how many times, but... They almost beat the Bucks. I was well, I watched that game live. Um, so I mean, obviously it's tight. Um, but then, you know, they beat the Nets by the Nets by sixteen. A lot of people forget about that. They beat the Nets by sixteen with KD with James Harden. Okay, without Kyrie Irving, but um, they beat the Nets by a lot. I mean, I'm excited to see them play against the Suns, like you just said. I'm super excited to see the competition there. Um, so I think it would be amazing yeah um i think i think even just going two and two like you know beating the spurs who obviously haven't been good this season and then the blazers and probably the kings honestly so probably three and one i think that's good enough right they're actually improving the record over that stretch but i think that just just staying at this 500 mark while uh terry rosier and lamella ball obviously the main people that are out are out which is good enough. I think that's all you really need to do. You just need to stay afloat, stay in that seven to eight seed, and once they come back, you'll get that. You'll put your, push yourselves uh, up the rankings. So I guess 
with that, we will move on to our next topic, which is the Denver Nuggets and their season so far. So currently, the Denver Nuggets are um, they're eleven and twelve through twenty three games. Nikola Jokic is pretty much the MVP of this team, as expected, but even more so than last year. Um, Jokic is averaging 25.6 points per game, 13.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists on a ridiculous 57% uh, shooting from the field, which is crazy for a guy who takes so many mid-range jumpers and threes as a center. And Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are most likely, if not confirmed, to be out for the rest of this season. So I guess the question is, um, with the Nuggets having another pretty disappointing season, I would say, where they're not going to be able to make it to maybe even the second round, um, do you think that – how many more years do you really think that they have uh, to be able to just, I guess, fight for the playoff spots and continue on on this path? Do you see them suddenly getting better – and, you know, becoming championship contenders in the next few years? Or do you think this team won't be able to take them far enough? I mean, uh, right now, right now they're struggling with Jamal Murray being injured. Um, but Nikola Jokic has looked great, honestly. He's like, I think Steph Curry's right now, like, in the front of the MVP race. But Nikola Jokic is right behind him as well as, you know, Giannis. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, like I just said before, it, the Nuggets are like a team, like not a rebuilding team, but where there's Jokic and then there's so many people around him. Jamal Murray hopefully will come back soon. Michael Porter Jr. is out, with the season, out for the season. So, um, unfortunately, he cannot be back. But, you know, they have several talent on the team. So, hopefully, I think this year they could get like a playing spot. Um, but definitely in the next few years, I think they, they can be great, especially with getting Jamal back, getting Michael Porter Jr. back. They can definitely be really good, like they were in the bubble. Um, and even though they lost 4-1 to the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers played really good. So nothing to be disappointed about. Um, and and you, Nicole Lakers didn't even play all that well in this in that series with the Lakers, too. It was all Jamal Murray mostly. So definitely very exciting. I mean, if you're looking at, I'm just looking at playoffstatus.com right here, and it currently has the buckets at 11 and 2, with about their highest percentage chance of making the playoffs is 12% chance of making in the fifth seed. Gives them a 21% chance of not even making the playoffs at all. But it's looking pretty promising, especially within comparison to a lot of the teams right around them, the Timberwolves and the Mavericks, that they are still very much in contention for like a fifth to sixth seed. And you know, I think if they keep their current trajectory, you know, we could be looking at, you know, maybe with the help of a hot streak here and there somewhere where you get back, you know, a couple of like, like a couple of key, like key guys. But, you know, I can definitely see them, you know, at, by the end of the season, like bridging that gap to where they need to be to make the playoffs. Yeah, I guess my question is more towards the future. Do you think that, let's say, three years from now, that they'll still be still be cont- or will be contenders even, uh, if assuming they're fully healthy? Do you see them fitting in that in the top of the West? I would think so. I would definitely think so. I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of um, 
Murray and Jokic together for like at least a, like a full season. And I would love to see a couple consecutive full seasons of the two really like building some chemistry and getting their games to meld well together. And I feel like that's only going to improve over the next couple of years. And, you know, I feel like, like I said, barring, barring injuries and barring that each one stays healthy, I think that like building off of that, like off of that duo, maybe with a couple like minor um, additions here and there, I would definitely think that what they can do is only going to get better, especially with the current trajectory that like Jokic himself it has. And I think that he, he himself over the next couple of years is going to be worth a couple more games. Like in terms of, I don't know if basketball has like a war, but I could definitely see that, you know, increasing steadily over the next couple of years. I just think it kind of sucks for them because um, they've just they've just constantly been playing this waiting game. I mean, all their stars are obviously still super young. Michael Porter Jr. is 23, Jamal Murray is 24, and Jokic is only 26. But it's like it's felt like, at least to me, that for the past, I would say, three seasons, they've just constantly been waiting and waiting and waiting for health. The one season that they did have health, they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Then last year, health, Jamal Murray's injury. This season, again, it's looking like Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, not going to come back. And I just kind of feel – it just feels unlucky for the Nuggets, and especially Jokic, right? Jokic won the MVP last year. And then, you know, nobody really talked about him after uh, – during the postseason because he, ended, he just ended up getting swept by the Suns in the second round after beating a Blazers team that wasn't honestly very good. So I would really like if Jamal Murray was healthy last year – because then, honestly, along with MVP Jokic and Jamal Murray playing at the level that he was during the bubble, I think they could have made a serious run, uh, probably beating the Suns in the second round and maybe even the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals to get a finals berth. So I, I, just, I just think they're kind of unlucky. And at what point does like, a guy like Jokic get dissatisfied? Like You wonder what his threshold is as well. And I don't know where his contract currently stands, but, you know, you don't know what, like how a guy's loyalty is going to change in this league. Guys move around constantly, and you don't know if that lack of success is going to, you know, start to eat at him. And, you know, he could be demanding in the next couple of years have a change of heart. And, you know, I don't know if he's the type of guy to make demands to his team, but... You never know where that's like where he could stand or even Jamal Murray. If he said like he thinks that he, you know, what he sees in, um, you know, with the Nuggets isn't going to be working out. He could, he himself could very well, you know, ask to probably like evacuate at that point. Yeah, I don't think he, he'll get mad now because I think even he understands right the injuries that they've just been through in the past three seasons. But, yeah, I definitely agree that, especially with the workload that he has every single night as the focal point of the offense and essentially the leader of the team as their point center, as I would put it, um, I think it's – I think if, like, let's say we see two or three more seasons of, like, second round, first round losses, no real progress, Jokic could get very antsy, right, because then he's starting to be around 30 years old. He's also getting older, and they haven't competed – Seriously, and I think at that point he would definitely probably request a trade. Yeah, that's definitely a valid point, though. 
Um, well, okay, guys. Um, that was definitely a shorter podcast, but I was great talking to both of you guys. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, thank you guys so much for your support. We definitely appreciate the recent views and honestly just how much love we've been, how much love and support we've been getting um, and the positive feedback. So with that being said, everybody, um, it's me, Aikimurgen Mitchell, and we'll see you guys next time.